You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, hello. My name is Brett and I am a White Sox fan. Yes, it is our 12-step program. We're going to call it Southside Sox post-game podcast. I think this is number nine. Who knows how many more we'll do this year? How many more special games there will be? Yes, opening day was rough. <laughs> Five to four loss in Detroit, an impossible loss, but the White Sox made it possible. Uh, okay. Hey, before I just start to cry, uh, initial reactions from my guests, Crystal O'Keefe, my partner in coverage today, and Zach Hayes. Well, I mean, that was kind of poop. And <laughs> my hatred for Javier Baez only intensifies the more I have to watch him play. So, I mean, there, Liam Hendricks um, was awful. So awful that I put him in my cold cat pool twice because <laughs> and poor um Mr. Okay was like, is he just a prank? Because when I watch him, he sucks. So you know, it wasn't a great, a great day to um watch this team and have to cover this team. Zach, I'm wearing the t-shirt. You're wearing the hat. How are you feeling? fan of a team that when you get in they get in big high pressure situations you're not like man like how are they going to find a way to lose it felt just kind of kind of familiar in in a lot of different ways unfortunately yeah i mean the sad thing is just earlier in the game we're like everybody's making that comment like man isn't it great to have a right field aren't we feeling bad it's like boy we don't have to worry about this and then you know sure enough there is something to worry about at some point in the game uh 
Is there something you saw, uh, Zach, in, in, in watching in what Liam was doing uh, different? Was he just, he seemed like he was leaving, was he leaving balls up? What, what was he doing? Yeah, he just wasn't executing location. He just, uh, you know, Haas put a pretty good swing on that pitch, but I think uh, Steve Steve said it on the broadcast a number of times. He threw him like three or four fastballs in a row, and he finally missed a spot. It, Haas can hit fastballs. It's in the scouting report. He, you know, doesn't do a whole lot else but mash hard stuff and hang and breaking balls. So, you know, threw him one over the plate. And a uh, couple, couple quality hitters put swings, good swings on pitches that caught too much plate. You know, it's uh, you just got to execute those pitches better. There's nothing, I think, super extraordinary about it from what I saw, at least. And this isn't unique to Hendricks. I mean, guys who have that kind of arm can have these stretches. They're just maybe sometimes throwing fastball, 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 but that makes the execution all the more crucial, correct? Because you got the stuff you can blow people away, but you, you've got to make the pitches to blow people away. Yeah, and especially on a day like today where it was, it's, it's very cold in Chicago, I don't think it's much warmer in Detroit. Everyone's velocity was down a little bit. So, And, and going back to last year, this has been a thing with Liam for a while where he can get a little bit, he has gotten a little bit bullheaded in the past where he's like, okay, screw you. I'm going to just try to blow 98 by you every single time, which works a lot of the time because he has a really electric fastball, but maybe when it's, you know, 96, 97, instead of 98, 99, and you got a guy who's, you know, seen four of them in a row and is looking for it right over the plate, then maybe, yeah, throw something and throw a slider in the dirt. You got a great slider. You got a great curveball. Try maybe, maybe today is not the day to try that fifth fastball in a row. I don't know. We just got to, it just got to think a little bit better on those. Uh, Zach, I'm giving you a metrics assignment. I need to I need <laughs> you to track his volume of cussing, literal value and amount of cussing to how much he's losing it and just deciding to keep chucking straighter and straighter, or maybe even getting that uh, ball up because it's nasty. Uh, Delia Ritchie, welcome to our 12 step program for recovering White Sox fans joining just a minute late. Cannot blame you. But we have begun by just talking a little bit about how that opening day felt. So how did it feel for you? Well, I was in class for uh, the beginning, so I was just keeping up with my phone. Um, I was wearing my Mark Burley t-shirt. I call it trusty. I don't know if I could trust it anymore, (laughs) but I trusted it because it's the player I had. I loved my favorite starting pitcher, probably of all time, at least in my lifetime. And I just, I felt like, I felt the grieving process while I was on a phone call with my mom of like denial. No, <laughs> did they just end that game on a review? <laughs> Anger. I think I had a reverse order of like the grieving process. So acceptance wasn't really key for me because I did have a little bit of t- experience working for um, the Northside organization. So the hype between Javi Baez, yes, am I excited he's in the American? Central will it be more exciting? Absolutely, but I felt so bad for Tim Anderson because he wanted to be in the game, but he couldn't do the actions of an umpire that shall not be named. Yeah. So it was a lot, but um, I was excited because I was like Jake Berger, heck yeah, get on the plate. You made some great plays, um, so that's my shout out to him and AJ Pollock. I was so excited for an AJ on the team that he impressed me. And that last, <laughs> I don't know if we'll ever know if it was really New York just saying, 
<laughs> yeah, they already started celebrating. Just give it to them. They already dumped the Gatorade. Yeah. Just give it to them. Just dump the Gatorade on them. Yeah, Delia, I think the problem is you missed the you missed the good part of the game. If you started in class, I think you missed like the good parts, and it started to get ugly about the time you, you broke out. I did see uh, some of the highlights, so thankfully in-game highlights were a thing. Um, so I did catch some of them, and I'm like, oh, my God, it's exciting. We're up three to one. Um, I have friends from the Detroit area. Apparently Michigan as a state is a huge feeder into Loyola, which is a little bit ironic. Um, but so I was just checking on my timeline. I'm like, you can easily tell who's a Detroit fan because they're complaining about the strike zone when universally we know the strike zone is whoever wants it to like, wherever, is it a triangle this time? Is it a square? (laughs) Is it a star? Is it a circle? We'll never know. So it was, Uh Part of the part of the bad part of uh, the good to bad part of the game was Lucas Giolito's start. Uh, he was he really seemed to be dealing maybe uh, maybe dealing with a little little hype, maybe a little jitters, slightly wild, but uh, two hits I think uh, six Ks uh, was doing about as well as um, Detroit starter Eduardo Rodriguez wasn't. Um, and then of course the injury. I haven't seen anything more than this uh, strained oblique thing uh, from Steve Stone's reaction. It sounded like it could be something that. You could perhaps shrug off or could be actually something really significant. Do, 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 do any of you know anymore? And I guess what was your impression of how Lucas got the, the season started off for the Sox? Cause they really needed that start, even if it was just four innings. I think Lucas did great. I, I was really impressed with him. He, he was really dealing. Um, and I haven't seen any updates. I just heard that they were still evaluating him at the end of the game. So that's really unsettling. <laughs> I feel like we finally had something good and everything has just been ripped away. <laughs> but yeah, I was really impressed with his four innings. He seemed a little wild, but again, I chalked that up to first aid jitters and apparently some uncomfortable stomach issues. Yeah, and when Steve was like, well, you know, 62 pitches, it's early in the season, the short spring training, I thought, well, yes, but then, man, that seems that seems really short. Uh, so, you know, not that you suspected there was injury, but I guess it wasn't shocking to hear there was some reason why, because that seemed too short uh, to not even get him to five, maybe maybe to qualify for a win, which, of course, would have just made it extra crushing for Lucas. <laughs> Watching the eighth and ninth inning. Um, how about the situational hitting in this game? Uh, there were two out rallies. The White Sox scored all the runs on uh, in two out rallies in the first two innings of the game, but they left opportunities on the table in those innings. Uh, Yasmani Grandal, Grandal in the fifth, I believe, uh, did not advance guys. I think on second and third with that pop that pop up, which is a really strange and actually maybe not a good at bat for him. I don't know if he was seeing something where he just could not resist. Uh, Hutchinson seemed like he was a, not quite on the ropes, but the, the White Sox were getting to him. Uh, he went 0-2 pretty quick. Maybe he just saw pitches he just missed. Um, it didn't seem like the situa- situational hitting for the White Sox has certainly been worse. It didn't seem to be very ideal today. Maybe that's that's weather or what, but uh, what did you guys see out of the offense? Wasn't outstanding. There were some promising things. It's, you know, it's even, it's always one game. Everything is always one game, but it's kind of harder to even 
extrapolate anything now because you don't have any context. It's not like they've been hitting well for a week and you can say like, okay, just brush it off. It's an off game. And it's not like they've been hitting terribly for a week and you're like, this needs to end. Uh, Some folks did their jobs and some folks uh, didn't step up when they were needed to. You got to score more than four runs against the Tigers at the end of the day. Uh, You know, you need you need to come up with those situational hits so you can you can steal the wins when the bullpen doesn't get the job done and right. you know that that just didn't happen today so it's kind of hard to point any individual fingers there were some good things obviously but it wasn't it didn't seem like a super super remarkable or performance either way in any direction I would I would estimate what well, leaves you wanting too when you're when you're when you're causing so much trouble in the first couple innings I mean you're putting their number one starter on the ropes. Uh, opportunities. If you don't cash them in, you want to get guys back out there in that situation. And I guess there were a couple of innings where that happened. Uh, and it's frustrating because you're, you're right, Zach. It's not like they're coming out hot and they've been averaging, you know, 10 runs a game from training as if that would even matter. But uh, that's what's tough. You see the start of the game. It's like for a second, I'm thinking, okay, how, how do we spin the blowout in the post in the post game podcast? And, you know, they, for a while, there seemed to be that trajectory. Like Steve Stone said, if, you know, you, you technically could still score, every inning of the season when you score in the first two innings, but the problem is they didn't score in the final seven innings. Um, well, let's take a break. Let's, let's come back uh, our 12. So we're going to go get donuts and coffee in the back. And then we're going to come back, come back into the meeting room and, you know, tell our stories about being White Sox fans. Uh, hang with us, uh, share the misery with us. We'll be back in, Oh, just a minute. Mother's day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. White Sox fans, it is post-game podcast number nine. I am Brett Balancini, lucky enough to be your host, my delightful and courageous White Sox fan, writer, guest on this podcast, Crystal O'Keefe, Delia Ritchie, and of course, Zach Hayes. Uh, we all are representing our gear. I missed it on Crystal earlier. We are still sticking with it. Uh, I soaked my head, but I'm still wearing my shirt because why not? I don't want to change. Um, other things about this game that, 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 uh, that stood out um good bad uh, otherwise aside from the fact there's another game in just like 12 hours or so <laughs> that i have to cover again <laughs> yes you got double coverage tomorrow oh crystal <laughs> no time to lament no i i will say this i feel like since last season even i've said the tigers are going to be really good next year the tigers are going to be really good next year they had a phenomenal off season the tigers are going to be good this year and if if we can't straighten out this bullpen mess that was Liam Hendricks today and, like Zach said, hit more than four runs yeah. on this team, then 
I might just go in and change my predictions to the Tigers winning this division because that was just embarrassing. There was no reason why they should have lost that game today, despite the Tigers being really good, as I predicted and have told everyone I know. Yeah, and it's just one game, right? I mean, the Cubs won their opener, for God's sake. I mean, you know, it's just one game. Okay, so what? But, yeah, these are not ones, even one game. You know, as Zach is saying, saying, there's nothing to extrapolate out of this. There's no trends here yet. But, you know, this is still a loss game uh, where, 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 you know, it was such a reversal of fortune. You know, the White Sox are looking like they could run away. Uh, getting to the bullpen, which apparently wasn't such a good thing for the White Sox. You always want to get to a team's bullpen. Well, not today because, uh, you know, the guy they wanted in there left after running 82 pitches up there in four innings, uh, and then suddenly all the bounty went away. Um, is uh, is there some encouragement in knowing that uh, Dylan Cease seems to be a guy who, well, I guess right now he's really the only other reliable can't believe we have to say like four inning starter, but he has had incredible success against the Detroit Tigers. And again, maybe that doesn't mean anything. Maybe it does. Casey Mize hasn't against the Sox. Uh, Dylan Cease has had incredible success against the Tigers, maybe when they're easier pickings, but uh, I guess that's got to make you feel good versus, I don't know, a bullpen game tomorrow. I mean, it's better than me starting, I guess. Like, okay. I'll go with that. Right. All right. I mean, it's probably better that's than like, bar any of the alternatives I could think of, like even um, good Lord, which NHL player could probably play baseball. Like someone, one of them has probably played baseball in their lives. So I'm cautiously optimistic for Dylan Cease because I've kind of just been a fan. I've been a fan of his, um, even in his down seasons, he's always, he's had that one moment. I was going to say one shining moment, but that one moment where he's absolutely lights out brilliant and Buck agrees too. He really <laughs> believes in Dylan. He's a lot more confident in his skills of prediction than I am, but uh, the cautious optimism is all I could say. Probably. That's Buck Delia. That's this is Buck. Buck. Uh, Buck. He is famously named after uncle Buck. Buck is, yeah. Buck is Buck is doing his uh, 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 Jammer Can- Candelario um, uh, barrel into second base. Okay, what do we think about that play? I mean, it seemed like certainly old school, that's nothing. Uh, you know, new school uh, protecting players on the field uh, certainly did seem something that could be called. But there had to be at least, that's probably not called 10 out of 10 times. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, th- thoughts about that? Um, it certainly helped bail the socks out of uh, a situation uh, there where they were living on the ropes. It helped bail them out, but I will say if that was reversed, I would have been pissed. <laughs> I would have been livid. I would have gone outside, banged some pots and pans, screamed in the air, <laughs> which for opening day, you're like, that's a little dramatic, Delia. No, <laughs> this 20 last 24 years of my life, I was just looking at photos from when I was little like a child at Sox Park and watching games with my mom and my grandpa and just the traditions with it all and I go 24 years <laughs> most of them have been good <laughs> White Sox fan wise a lot of them have been bad <laughs> and so 
the dramaticism of it all is probably just more reflective of my personality, but it's necessary at times because I screamed on the phone with my mom. She's like, I just got a massage. I'm going to hang up, like, <laughs> process this. And I'm like, ah, everything's bad, but not bad. Um, it was just that slide. I'm like, I didn't realize there was a slide rule. And I'm like, but that shouldn't, like, if it was reversed, anger. Yeah, I mean, it's, it seemed to clearly be uh, just like a bad slide. It didn't seem to have bad intentions. Yeah. So in a way you want to say, well, then he probably shouldn't be like penalized for that. But the, the truth is bad slide or, or bad intention, uh, uh, Zach, you really got to call it either way, right? Yeah, it's a good application of a good rule. Like if you don't want that called, then don't put on a terrible slide and barrel into his legs. It doesn't matter if you didn't mean to do it, you know, that's, and of course he's going to, you know, jaw it and be like, what? No, me, I, I did nothing. You know, it's, I, that's a pretty, pretty, pretty non, non play. If you ask me, it was called correctly. Move on. You know, I think everyone played that one. Right. I liked uh, the shot of McEwen, I think, talking to him, like, start of the next inning. And, you know, he's like, he's like making his case to McEwen. And McEwen, I think it was like rolling his eyes, like, you know, <laughs> First of all, you're not going to get sympathy from me. Second of all, no, nah, I don't think I don't think anybody. You know, I mean, I know you got a lot of people chanting for you, but come on. And then he was on the other end of, I guess, the only other well controversial aside from AJ Pollock bouncing the ball off the wall. And that really cool pinball play, great play, AJ. Just sorry that it brushed the wall there. Uh, with that strange, like strike, not strike that, uh, Grundahl couldn't handle. Did seem like it. It could very easily be a strike, but that's never a good way to 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 cement the strike when you drop it. <laughs> so I'm not sure I could blame him for balking a little bit like, hey, wait, I got you couldn't even catch the ball and you're ringing me up on that. I don't know. Uh, other bright spots from this game. Uh, Graven seemed all right, in at least in the way that A.J. Crick did not. No, A.J., what's his name? It's not Kyle Crick. Everybody's A.J. now. <laughs> when they lose, I just get sort of depressed. Uh I feel like everyone should be Kyle now. Just designate if they have a bad game, we're calling them Kyle. Because Kyle Crick, I was about to say, like, good lord, you're. Uh... Say Kyle Hendricks, but I'd love that him right about now. So, <laughs> could they ever? Uh, could they ever? Uh, and again, it's nothing to you know. Of course, we're playing around, being dramatic. I mean, obviously, this is this is no wake. It's it's one game, not the way you want to lose one. Uh, not when you have a victory in your tiny little hands and in two innings. It goes away, and you've got the White Sox broadcast booth begging for the clown car that is the pinball extra innings. It's like, well, let's just see how it'll play out. When you're reduced to that, that's a that's a pretty sad drop. That doesn't really show up in the win expectancy chart, but it's in there somewhere, and it's an ugly spot. Um, but, yeah, it is a game. We've got a legitimate hoss of a starter going tomorrow before we start getting into the end of the rotation where it's going to be like, whatever, let's hope they, they, they can score 10 runs. Uh, let's hope that the team can sort of like jump out the way they did. I mean, they really put Detroit on the ropes to begin with. I hope they can sustain it. Um, and this doesn't become a trend where the situation hitting, I mean, this team um, uncharacteristically for any major league team, much less the White Sox from the, uh, if I have this correctly from the second through the sixth inning, no strikeouts by the batters. I mean, you've got to take advantage of that. It's one thing when the White Sox are striking out 10 plus a game, but uh, boy, when you have that kind of gap, geez, you'd like just to see some station station ball, if nothing else, and, and get a few more runs in because it turns out it turns out they needed them. Uh, okay, well, uh, does anyone? Well, Crystal, 
I'm sorry to say, I can't say if you're going to change anything up for tomorrow, because if anything, you just got to dig in uh, doubly deep. Um, <laughs> are you going to be able to find enthusiasm for your double coverage tomorrow? Are you going to be able to summon it up? I mean, no. <laughs> now that's honest. <laughs> I am an, an, uh, I am a pessimist at heart. Um, I see myself as like April Ludgate from Parks and Rec because I have this like happy, optimistic husband and I'm just like, I hate everything and this is stupid. So, um, you know, I'm going to try really, really hard. But if it ends up poorly, once again, I'm just going to rage quit and be like, okay, well, you're on your own now. <laughs> exactly. The schedule really opened up. Uh, Zach, I'll pass a lot of those on to uh, Zach. You just uh, rack it up tomorrow and uh, put the hat back on and get to 500 tomorrow. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, the, the hitters, the hitters are good enough. They're, they're going to win games, but um, yeah, it's not going to be, it's not going to be easy. They're not going to make it easy, easy on themselves. I look forward to, the games where Eloy and Yaz and Luis and them do come up a little bit more clutch so that when the bullpen starts to fall apart, they'll have eight or nine runs in the bank instead of only three or four. And uh, then we'll have a maybe slightly happier post-game podcast. I don't know. Anybody who warm weather Abreu. (laughs) Yeah, really. We needed to warm up. Anybody who said last year, who knows, maybe I did, you know, but there could have been people who said it like, oh, you know, the division's so bad and this was so easy when this division, it's going to set them up for uh, destruction. Okay, sure. Some of that did play out, but boy, maybe we could try that feeling on again this year. I mean, I'm not sure I'm going to want to see them neck and neck for 162 games, but if that's what it is, that's what it is. And who knows, maybe losses like this, maybe they can be a good thing and sort of, I don't know, take a little air out of these guys and say, hey, listen, this is going to be a fight. I don't think they need to be told that, but I, I suppose it can't hurt. Um, Dealey, aside from pots and pans being near the front door in case they do need to be hanged tomorrow if things go wrong, uh, you just uh, rack it up tomorrow and uh, you and Buck uh, uh, try, to get a, try to get a victory? Yeah, you know, I think Buck and I, I, I always joke that I'm half, half class. I'm, I'm like, I'm Leslie No, where I, I always try to see the good in everything, the good in people, so to on to the parks and rec but i do have a little bit of that april log gate that will come out um i will sadly not be watching the game uh live but i will be having updates as i go along on um but i'm just hoping for a bigger like a better opportunity um and i'm hoping that like dylan comes out strong um and just all the bats are warm because it is hard in april when you're to like really hot really nice arizona weather and then you come straight to detroit like it's maybe five degrees warmer or cooler depending in detroit and it's raining and it's cold little miserable conditions but hopefully there's no misery well yeah and detroit has to hit and pitch in the same thing too uh but hopefully we get that that tasty javi Baez four strikeout game that'd be nice win or lose that'd be nice um, okay, well, uh, Zach, by the next postgame podcast, we have to figure out which Parks and Recreation characters we are. So that's our assignment. But uh, don't know what we'll have on next. Uh, oh, yeah, I do know. It's going to be, unless something crazy happens, like a, a no-hitter tomorrow from Dylan Seas. Uh, it'll be on uh, for the home opener on uh, Tuesday. We'll have a postgame podcast there, pregame as well. So another long coverage day on Tuesday. We're gonna, oh, we're going to take the weekend off. All of us except Crystal, who has double duty tomorrow, and she is looking forward to it. 
Uh, stay optimistic, Crystal. Zach, thanks for joining. Uh, Buck and Delia as well. Thanks, everybody, for listening, watching, reading. A lot of coverage today. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, it's going to keep coming at you pretty much all season. So thanks for tuning in to us. And we will see you, boy, for a post game no later than next Tuesday. <laughs>